or I guess pop culture in Canada is still a bit more axed, uh, is a bit more focused on creating this idealized version of folkiness, if you will. Oh, right? So you get, yeah, you, you still get this idea of uh, the folk hero that comes up a lot to the lumberjack or even just folk music is, and the idealization of that is a mm -hmm. bit more, I think, what I see at least as pop. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Conversation. I'm Brandon T. McClure, your host for this show, part of the Fake Nerd Family of Podcasts. Uh, this week, we're talking to Pat Ora of the Historia Canadiana podcast. Uh, I had a great chat with him about uh, his podcast and how his views of pop culture have changed. Uh, specifically, uh, he kind of looked at pop culture in a not-so-great way at, at first, and then that sort of evolved through the course of learning and through his podcast and i think it's a really informative conversation i think you guys are really, really going to enjoy it really quickly i just want to mention um how great the uh first two episodes of the show have been received i'm really happy with them and uh, you guys seem to be happy with them too uh and that just makes me really happy so uh thank you again for your support there and i also want to mention that a new theme song is coming uh, for those of you who followed me from the Fake Nerd Podcast onto Conversation, then I'm sure you recognize the theme song. Um, that will change in the coming weeks. Uh, I've talked to our friend Jeremy Vellucci um, for doing a new theme song, so uh, stay tuned for that. Some real quick notes uh, about the interview uh, I figured I should bring up up top is that there is some mic popping on his end early on, and it does disappear as the uh, episode continues. So um, just, you know... Bear with it. It's not too bad, but for those of you who have sensitive he hearing, uh, should be known. There's also a fair bit of political talk. If that is something that will bother you, uh, I guess content warning for that. Um, a little, some liberal talk there, um, mention of uh, some Nazis things. I recorded this episode back in February, and the political landscape was a little bit more volatile back then than it is now in uh, end of March when I am recording this. So, uh, you know. Stay, uh, just be warned for that other than that you can find links in the description for where you can find his podcast um, all of his information is there and he'll tell you more about it in the interview of course and uh, you can find information for the Fake Nerd Family podcast such as Fake Nerd's Watch, Basement Arcade, Basement Arcade Pause Menu uh, Fake Nerd Book Club, a lot of cool stuff on the Fake Nerd Family of Podcast Network I guess and final note before we get into the interview uh, if you'd like to be a part of this podcast and you have a nerd podcast and thoughts on fandom in general uh please drop me a line at fake nerd guys at gmail.com you can find the link in the description below as well all right without further ado i hope you guys enjoyed the interview all right i'm here with pat aura of the historia canadiana podcast uh thank you for coming on conversation sir thank you for having me uh, so let's let's uh, let's get right into it. Just tell us a bit about your podcast. So the podcast itself is less to do with fandom and more surrounding it, right? And we'll mm -hmm. get into that later. But yeah. the main podcast that I started uh, about a year and a half ago, if I remember correctly, is about Canadian literature and history and how they inform one another, right? So mm -hmm. that's pretty much what I study for school. And I decided to make a podcast out of it because apparently I decided that I don't talk about it enough. So I sure. got a friend in on it and we just basically make a bi-weekly show about that. 
Oh, that's very cool. Um, and you say you have a you have a second podcast that you executive produce. We talked a little bit before uh, beforehand in person. Uh, what was that? What's that podcast? So that's where a bit more of this fandom idea comes in. Is it's called Pop Canada, and Pop Canada. that one's more of like a patron exclusive show. So uh, maybe don't look for it on Spotify. But um, the idea is my co-host on our regular show, Mackenzie, runs this show and basically examines pop culture in Canada. Right? Okay, which is not as it, which is not something that I was particularly aware of, right? I knew obviously that we had pop culture, but it's never something that I actively sought out. Mm -hmm. I was much more into more American or British uh, fandoms. Yeah. And so that was very, uh, that's a project that I think is very interesting, or at least that widened a bit my horizons about fandom. Yeah. What's the difference between Can uh, Canadian pop culture and American pop culture? Um, well, it depends who you ask, I guess, yeah. <laughs> because you'll have some, I guess, hard, I guess you could say nationalists right here in Canada. Mm -hmm. They're like, you know, it's, it's almost not, it's almost exactly the same now because we've been Americanized and so on and so forth. But mm -hmm. if you look at it, I think a bit more with, with a bit more, uh, backed up, right. With a bit of a wider scope, if you will, um, mm -hmm. I think a lot of the differences are mostly in themes and just in intensity. I, I don't think I, I, I have a feeling that pop culture here in Canada is a bit calmer <laughs> and okay. I can, I, in the sense of like, when you imagine pop culture in the States, it's like Hollywood, it's this big flashy thing, right? It's mm -hmm. uh, uh, superheroes and Superman, Batman, whatever you want. Um, or I guess pop culture in Canada is, still a bit more axed uh, is a bit more focused on creating this idealized version of folkiness, if you will. Oh, right? So you get, yeah, you, you still get this idea of uh, the folk hero that comes up a lot to the lumberjack or even just folk music is, and the idealization of that is a mm. bit more, I think what I see at least as pop. Right. I see. Oh, okay. That's not um, to say that like we don't have, sorry for interrupting you, by the way. Uh, that's not to say that, that we don't have like similar mediums. Like we have comics here and stuff like that. It's just obviously the themes will be a bit different. And yeah, sometimes they'll be a bit more uh, relevant to, <laughs> to our realities here. Right. Um, well, okay. So let's, uh, let's kind of dial this into what this uh, interview series is about. Um, you're only my second person that I'm interviewing. So thank you again for coming on. Um, what I wanted to talk about is what, let's just get started with, what was your perception of fandom? What were you into before you started your podcast? Right. So I was, I was exactly into that. I, I'm a huge fan of superheroes and like american comics i really really dug it um you, you don't really see it but like right beside me there's uh, a desk full of uh graphic novels in the basement downstairs there's like 11 boxes of a variety of like these big name comic books so i was really into it um and a lot of that comes from uh my dad who grew up right around the time as all these characters especially in the marvel brand of uh line of comics was getting started right he was born mm -hmm. in the early 60s so he got spider-man and the fantastic four and all that so he grew up with that zeitgeist if you will yeah yeah and so when i was born and that was in 96 right so you had all these shows that were starting up again 
right? The X-Men shows, the Spider-Man animated cartoon, the Batman series. Right. So it was a perfect opportunity for my dad to kind of bring me into what he enjoyed as a child, but for a new generation, obviously. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I was really into for quite a while. Um, and still enjoy to some extent, although we might get into it later to varying degrees. Yeah, know? sure. Um, but yeah, and also as as that kind of as I kind of got older, my fandom expanded also into film, less mm. television, but more in the medium and art of film, which I thought was really fascinating. Um, and in a sense, I guess you could say that that led me to being a bit more skeptical about pop or at least pop culture, what I saw as pop culture, uh, comics as exclusively pop culture, right? And in a kind of uh, jaded way, right? Um, right. That uh, uh, people often uh, think of comics as like something for children or something that you read when you're a teenager and then you move on to something more adult, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, the yeah. the idea of uh, being into, into fandom is so skewed with um, like the internet. So- oh, yeah. um, before you did a podcast before or, or before you started kind of studying us sort of thing, were you engaged in fandom spaces within the internet or uh, did you kind of have your own like um, echo chamber of just like, this is, this is, these are my friends and this is what we talk about. Or did you kind of like branch out and, and find people on like social media and things like that? Yeah. So a lot of, so it's a mix of both. I didn't actively go out on social medias, uh, per se, mm. social media. I'm starting to sound like my grandparents, the <laughs> internets. But like, uh, no, so I, I had my circle of friends and I still do that. That's pretty much where I met them was through our mutual interest in comic books and superheroes and stuff like yeah. that. And just sci-fi in general, whatever. Um, but I did actively seek out the fandom at cons and stuff like that. I didn't I didn't meet them through the internet or anything like that, but we have here in Montreal, the Montreal Comic Con. Um, so I, I did actively talk to people there and kind of get their sense of what it was like. Mm -hmm. And I actively talked to creators also. I, I One of the advantages of being in like a city that's less known for its comic cons, uh, as for example, New York or San Diego or uh, any other one, or even... Right. Vancouver, I think, is known for having a big one. Right. But like, you get to talk to these creators a lot more right in Montreal because there aren't these long lines of fans that are waiting, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, you'll just find them doodling or just signing something very peacefully. So they'll take the time to actually talk to you about the industry, about the their practice, their craft. And I really found a great deal of interest in that. That's cool. Um, you mentioned conventions. I want to ask, do you go to... Uh, I'm assuming you've been to the Montreal convention. Yes. The Comic Con. Um, have you been to other conventions? Uh, no. <laughs> I had to think about it for a minute. I was like, did I go to the Ottawa one? No. No. Um, so you've never been to like San Diego or New York? No. Uh, not out of a lack of interest. It's mm -hmm. just I haven't taken the time to do it. And now with quarantine, I'm certainly not going to do it. But uh, Definitely. Yeah, 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 but no, it's just no, not out of a disinterest. It's just I've never had the time, the chance to. Yeah, I think I think conventions. We there's a small convention where I live, um, L.A. Comic Con. Uh, mm. I, I live so I live in Los Angeles, and you know, South Southern California is known for San Diego Comic Con, the biggest 
pop culture convention in, in history. Um, right. But LA Comic Con is held in downtown LA. It's the LA Convention Center. And it's not like small, but it's smaller. Um, and it's just kind of like this nice little experience that you can do. And I think that, I think the small conventions more so than the big ones, like you said, Montreal Comic Con or, right. or LA Comic Con can really like have a positive impact on how you react to your fandom. Absolutely. Do, do you have a lot of big names? I assume it's LA. Like I, I just visualize LA as this place of big names, but I, do, do you get big names like in San Diego at your Comic Con or? Well, at LA Comic Con, we, I mean, okay, well, at LA Comic Con, we had a panel, which will lower the expectations down pretty much. But, <laughs> um, but we, you know, we, we'll get like a, we'll get some actors from like Smallville or from uh, one time at Long Beach Comic Con, actually, we had Jason Momoa, which was pretty exciting. Wow. Um, uh, twin, actors from Twin Peaks and, Definitely a lot of comic book creators prefer the smaller conventions. So you'll see people uh, who live in the LA area uh, going, um, so things like that. But um, in, in, in the, the small conventions, you get to talk to the, to, to the creators. You're not just shuffled through a line to try and get the yeah. uh, get the things. And I've, I've met a lot of creators through that way and gotten a lot of great signatures. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I um, think my okay. favorite was um, George Perez. Oh, nice. Such yeah. A, such a great guy to talk to. The, yeah. He's the sweetest guy you can ever meet. He'll sit down and just ask you questions, ask and let you let him let you ask him questions. Such a great guy. Like if anybody had a chance to meet him. I always have we we met him, I think we met George Perez once. I didn't, but my friend, my co-host did. Right. I have a funny story about Francis Manipole. I don't know if you know really? who that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was the oh. flash for a while. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was a big fan of his art style and I got a justice league blank cover. It's a, a, mm. the beginning of the new 52. This was 2011. Right. Um, and I had this, uh, I had this, this white cover with the justice league header on. And I was like, okay, I want Francis Manipul to draw something it's late at night. The convention's closing. He's wrapping up. I walk up to him and I say, can you draw a green lantern and Batman on this cover? And he looked at me like, oh, Okay. <laughs> Dude, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and like, I I get it because yeah. it's the end of the day. He's been signing a lot. I just asked him to draw a thing. Uh, so he quickly took out his marker and just like did a quick doodle of Batman and Green Lantern, and it looks great. Um, and I cherish that thing because I'm like that the fact that he did it and it looks that good is just like I I, I realized that it was such a hassle for him to do it, but like he did it, and that, that's great. It's it's a testament to not only his interest it but just his talent if he's able yeah. to smash out something like th apparently quite good in what five minutes oh less, <laughs> oh, less. My God. Okay. it was it was wild i'll post a picture of it on social media i'm sure yeah, someday. Yeah, yeah. like it was crazy how, how how short of a time it took him anyway what a guy um okay so so you have a podcast now and that, their podcast is not necessarily about pop culture um but you did say that it kind of affected your opinions of pop culture uh we want to uh, dive into that a bit Sure. So I kind of touched upon this a bit when I was talking about my interest in movies and all that and kind of taking it as a more serious form of art, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm talking years ago, by the way. I, I don't necessarily think like this now. Um, <laughs> we all go through a phase. Exactly, right? So, and as I mentioned, my, my podcast often coincides with my schooling, right? Um, I'm currently a grad student here in Montreal. And 
you know, like it or not, I, I know that a lot of universities and stuff like that try to make an effort to incorporate these new uh, forms of art or new forms of expression like comics or like uh, themes like superheroes and stuff like that and how you can actually approach pop culture, mm-hmm. even including uh, uh, certain programs that directly reference pop culture. Well, my, uh, my college had a comic book course. See, right. Um, where I did my undergrad also, I, I, I did a comic book course. Like there, there are little, um, there are little additions here and there, but by and large, the rhetoric in a university setting or even like in a more serious setting, like I'm trying to do with my podcast, right. Is that it's not really an art form. Right. Right. It's, it has some interesting ideas, but it's certainly not from Batman that you're going to learn how, like, it, you're, you're not going to learn the same lessons from Batman as you do from reading, like, I, don't, I don't know, like James Joyce or whatever, <laughs> whatever sure. you want. Yeah. So a, a lot of this for a while really changed the way I thought about it. I mm-hmm. still enjoyed comics here and there, but I was really selective about what I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, um, it completely shifted my perception of pop culture and the fandom. If you want to bring it back to the fandom, it's just like, I didn't feel like interacting with it. I got really elitist about it, basically. Yeah. Like that, that, that longer, the short of it is, if you want to really condense it down, I got, I became a dick about it. I was like, well, it's, it, oh my it's goodness. Really... I'm so yeah. glad you said that our motto on the fake nerd podcast is don't be a dick. Right. I was that dick. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I can admit it now. I've gone through therapy. I can admit it. But like Yeah. Um no, but the this I this idea of um kind of rejecting a whole medium out of hand just because I didn't want to put the effort into finding something that I genuinely enjoyed from it. Right. Right. Um or I just kind of got into the academic uh idea of it. Which good on you if you want to do that i i i don't really uh i don't really hold on to that idea anymore but mm-hmm. you know whatever what, do whatever you so want. what so what changed uh, you said you used to be elitist you used to be a dick about it so yep. what changed so basically i met my co-host <laughs> mackenzie mm-hmm. um who, who who kind of he brought an interest and a passion to talking about it managed to blend both my interest in comics right or in superheroes and movies and pop culture in general and a bit more of a serious tone to it like saying like we can take these things seriously right um and so when we started the show together it didn't take particularly long for our regular conversations which we often had in like a cafeteria or whatever at school to become like hey why don't we make a show about this Right. And specifically when I'm referring to pop Canada in this case, where um, Mackenzie will often bring up these topics that at first I'm like, still to this day, sometimes I'm like, this is stupid. Why are like, why are we doing this in any way, shape or form? Like, right. why are we talking about the Michael Bublé Christmas album? Like, what does this have to do with Excuse anything? Me. That's one of the best Christmas albums ever. <laughs> Look, I, I, you and Mac would get along great. I'm look. I, I still haven't let go to my 
profound despisal of Christmas music, but that's another topic. <laughs> oh, you'll, you're you're still young. You'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so um, write, write yeah. a biography uh, or how I learned how to stop worrying and love Christmas music. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. But um, you know, it, basically, just talking about it or just changing my perspective slightly on fandom and on generally nerd stuff if you want to um if you if you want to go there it's it, it, just being able to talk about it with a slightly different perspective completely shifted my opinion about it or just my uh attitude towards it rather right, right? and you know just to kind of demonstrate that um you know i uh, i started even writing certain articles about comic books and stuff like that like i integrated it into my regular daily life a bit more regularly than I maybe would have if I hadn't necessarily done the show or if I hadn't um, or if I hadn't at least started talking with Mackenzie a bit more regularly and a bit more uh, openly uh, with a bit more of an open mind as to the potential of pop culture right to inform right. certain ideas right um, so that helped change your perspective of pop culture and and things like that um, after that you know what let's actually rewind a bit i just want to know sure. after you became elitist about it yeah. um did you we talked a little about the like the echo chamber and the fandom spaces online uh did you interact in fandom spaces in a negative light like look out for uh people who felt the same way that you did and create your own a, a different echo chamber in a way uh, online and things like that yeah in a in a sense Mm -hmm. It's more like I got into my own echo chamber sure. again. Like I'm not someone who spends that much time online. So it, 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 the, the echo chambers that I found were less there. Mm -hmm. And again, more within the, the circles, the, the new circle of friends I had made uh, like at school or stuff like that, where that kind of rhetoric was very much uh, encouraged, like I mentioned. So that echo chamber is definitely there. Right. Or, or just like feeling like I needed to be more of an adult about things. Right. Um, I can see you at, at on the college campus looking with all your friends going, Mouse is the only comic book for me. Don't, yes. <laughs> I, yes. <laughs> like, if I had a mustache to twirl, that would be it. But, yeah. <laughs> Mouse, Mouse is a great comic, to be fair. It's fine. Hot take Mouse is fine. Oh, you're yeah, not Jewish then. No, I'm not Jewish. Uh, I, I get it. I, I, I honestly do. I, I understand I think, why certain I think, people would love it. But I think Mouse hits me. different if you are Jewish. Oh, for sure, right? Like, yeah. like anything related to the Holocaust, right? Yeah. Anyway, like that. That's or a Nazis bit off topic. In, yes. Or Nazis in America. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, <laughs> screwed up. Or anywhere. <laughs> How did they get here? Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, where was I? Yes. So it, I got, caught, uh, got caught up into that echo chamber. Um, and um, I, I was adamantly arguing against like the friends I had mentioned at first, right, that I had met in high school that were the ones that got me into, or, or at least that initially expanded on my interest in comic books and sci-fi and stuff like that. Um, those friends like were the ones I was arguing against trying to convince them, like, no, you know, Star Wars is ridiculously stupid, right? And just like going out of my way to make sure that they understood that this is crap, right? right. Like, right. 
and, and not to the extent that uh, I, I burned a few bridges with them, not at all. I'm still friends with them today, but yeah. it, like in our, in our conversation, it was much more of a debate as to the merits of it rather than just saying like, Hey, here's something cool. Mm-hmm. And so it, the, that's kind of more of the echo chamber that I was in. Yes. Yeah. So rather than finding, so let's take Star Wars as a good example. Um, sure. uh, even though I'm going to get a ton of Star Wars fans now, but like <laughs> um, take Star Wars as, as a good example, instead of looking at the deeper themes and the uh, influences that George Lucas took on when he created Star Wars or when, when uh, Brian Johnson or JJ Abrams like John Favreau now, uh, you would kind of look at it at a surface level as this this is for kids this is for this is kitty stuff we don't there was no uh enjoyment there you didn't feel there was any enjoyment there for you because there was no deeper meanings there for you there was an enjoyment insofar as it was an explosion on this on this big screen that i could turn my brain off to right right i didn't have to think about it too hard or even acknowledging that there were certain themes uh like uh you know imperialism or whatever if you want to go uh, if you want to keep on star wars right um, yeah the hero's journey is prevalent in a new hope and yeah sh- sure sure um even if i did like if even if i could acknowledge that those themes exist because by extension of it being a story right uh yeah. they existed they were inherently inferior just because they were wrapped in this in this bubble of pop mm-hmm. right and that kind of gets into how I, I, I define pop it, or, or I saw pop at least for the longest time was as a product, right? It's something that's manufactured to be popular, right? You're right. I was kind of going at it with that mindset, right? Not that it could offer something, but that even if it did, it was done in such a disingenuous way in my mind that it completely removed from any validity, or at least it kind of removed from potential validity for me right right you didn't quite see the the benefit of wrapping uh something in pop culture so that it, it could teach like george lucas always says star wars to keep on that analogy star wars is for 12 year olds it's for uh people coming into adulthood it teaches people these themes wrapped in this this colorful pop culture uh uh bubble uh, so that they don't they're not necessarily sure that they're learning something but you know they go forth with these lessons that they've inherently inherently have been given right um and that's cool like good on them i think and that's important right you can see that with children's shows and children's cartoons from any age right from uh you know from i don't know what a children's show now is but clifford the big red dog or whatever and batman uh, the animated series there you go right Um, avatar the last airbender there's a good one a lot of my contention also was um was that people as adults gave it as much importance as when they, as what they had given it as children. Right. Oh, I see. Like a, a lot of the contention I got from was that. Right. Right. Um, this idea of like, okay, well, yes, you could have maybe found meaning there, but then you grow up and you see, you can find deeper meaning in other things that are, they're not couched in, as you say, like couch and pop or fanciful explosions. Right. Yeah um yeah you know it 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 is it is uh yeah i guess there is some validity to the to the argument that there's people who put too much stock into and um you know star wars comes up a lot apparently but uh you know the star wars the star wars fandom is rife with 
uh, adults taking the, the the films very seriously and and almost like a Bible, uh, misinterpreting the themes that uh, the themes that uh, the empire is supposed to be America. It's not an evil empire. It is America imperialism, mm-hmm. uh, and the the and they don't quite move into what a cinephile, uh, a snooty cinephile would say. Like once you pass the George Lucas era of your life, you need to start looking at Scorsese or um, it's even Tarantino, uh, David Lynch, you know, people like that. Yeah. Uh, more contemporary filmmakers who make more adult movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but you don't feel that way anymore. You changed your opinion slightly. To, to an extent, right? Like, again, not to say that, people who enjoy it are inherently babies. Like I'm I'm warning listeners that that's not what I think at all. Right. There is a benefit to enjoying both. Like you can, you, there is, there is a, a, an ability there for people to be like, I like watching Francis Ford Coppola's apocalypse now, but I also like watching star Wars. Like, Like there is, there is a room in the world for both. Exactly. Right. That's, that's more of the perspective that I'm approaching it now. Right. Yeah. In the sense that I can enjoy it but I don't necessarily take it as seriously. And I, I, again, like I can see the themes, I can see the the, the broad interest. I can still appreciate it for what it is, which is a bit more escapist than the examples that you give a bit more. Right. Um, Now, if we bring it back to like my original love of superheroes and comics and stuff like that, um, I stopped reading them for a while. Right. Um, As apparently we all do. (laughs) when we when we get to college but um actually i started reading in college fun fact okay well you're a contrarian i guess thanks for ruining my example (laughs) no i didn't i didn't grow up in an area that i knew like when i grew up um and you're you were born you said 96 yeah um when when i was growing up we still had the spinner racks at um at grocery stores you know we still had the 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 grocery store spinner racks and they would have the Batman adventures, the Batman and Robin adventures, which would be the tie-ins to the, to the animated show. I was like, I watched the animated show. I read this comic. Right. But I didn't have a comic book store near me. At least I didn't know that. I found out much later that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're not like super flashy. So yeah. <laughs> there are holes in the wall. Yeah. 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 And, until I went to college and when yeah. college is a comic book store down the street from where I went to college. And so that's when I walked in and I, and I was like, Oh wow. Comics. Cool. <laughs> right okay so <laughs> that example aside like a lot yeah. of people kind of, the the point is like a lot of people kind of drop off in oh, a similar way like yeah um i've i've kind of gotten back into the bandwagon of superhero comics my the the difference is i'm much more selective about what i read right. where before i would get everything i would get like flash justice league batman spider-man no matter what like i'd just go at it uh a hundred percent right and well, budget constraints aside, but <laughs> um, I guess now I'm a bit more selective, but I still enjoy and appreciate the medium, right? Yeah. So I'll be a bit more interested in like independent comics, the image and dynamite and stuff like that. Or even if we go into Marvel and DC, right? The big two, um, I'll, I'll look for, I'll, I'll actively seek out something that I can genuinely find a lot of interest in both as a silly thing, quote unquote, silly mm-hmm. thing, and something that explores like these really interesting uh, concepts. For example, the Immortal Hulk. I love that series. It is great. Right? I just highly read, recommend it. I just read the latest issue last night. Okay, I haven't. 
please don't spoil it but oh um, when book no i'm kidding <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no yeah i love the immortal hulk it's an incredible book right but you get what i mean right there oh, yeah. there's a bit more depth in something like the immortal hulk or a bit more um it, it explores its themes a bit more uh intricately i feel than yes. your regular monthly punch em up well yeah it, it's it's the difference between uh immortal hulk and and let's even keep in the same realm of uh of marvel um uh the avengers i really sure. like the jason aaron's avengers run um but it is flashy it, it is we're doing uh we're just going out in space and we're fighting things and like they're doing some deep lore and things like that which i appreciate but the immortal hulk talks about death and rebirth and talks about the nature of mortality and what it means to be immortal and and the nature of your father the father the father's sins and like it is such a deep profound book that that people will be studying for years right and i think i think some of that comes back to what i was saying earlier about the nature of pop right right hulk has never been like a huge seller mm -hmm. right and when you look at like these really interesting stories that can happen they're often at times when sales are low right expectations for those books are low dark knight returns was at a time when batman sales were like really down right? yeah. and yeah. so you basically give free reign and independent reign almost to these creators right and they create something that's beautiful and that's not couched in a necessity or a desire to just make the perfect the perfectly sellable product right mm -hmm. So I, I feel like it comes from a place of a bit more, uh, it comes from a more genuine place, I feel. Right. right. I, I can see that. I, I, I have no, I have no proof to back this up. I haven't looked into the sales figures of the Immortal Hulk or anything. Like that's just a perception well, I that can, I have. I can tell you that uh, during Tom King's run on Batman, which was a, uh, which is a run that was much contested, um, the Immortal Hulk constantly oversold. Okay. But before that, uh, Hulk wasn't, before the Immortal Hulk number one even came out, Hulk was not a big seller for Marvel. Right. Uh, so I could definitely see where they're just like, uh, Al Ewing, just do whatever you want. This book will probably get canceled anyway. Yep. And now we're almost Try at 50 issues. Try out new story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I definitely can see where that, where, that, where that benefit could be. Uh, what are you reading right now? Besides Immortal uh... Hulk. I just finished, I, I, I was super late on that one, but I wanted to I wanted to wait till it was finished and wrapped up because it was plagued with delays was Doomsday Clock. Oh yeah, I just, I, I just picked up the trade for that. What do you think of it? I don't think I'm allowed to say. <laughs> what do you think of it? First, I want to say, we're, we're kind of sizing each other up to see what we each other think of it. It's not Watchmen, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, okay, uh, we did a like, <laughs> like nothing is nothing is so. Oh no, I, that's can't. not a criticism, but like, no, Alan uh, Jeff Johns is no Alan Moore. Um, I I liked Doomsday Clock, and and towards the end when it when it was kind of just becoming a uh, this is how Superman is perceived in the universe and how he um, and how he changes the universe. It was kind of this beautiful essay on who Superman is to uh, through the eyes of Doctor Manhattan. That mm -hmm. stuff I really liked. But before the delays happened, it had a more cohesive story. Yes. And like, for me, Doomsday Clock is a bunch of interesting ideas. Mm -hmm. And they just decided to kind of 
put them all in the same story, even if it didn't quite fit together. Yeah. Right? The meta, uh, what is it called? Uh, the superhuman project or the meta human project? This idea that Superman, the super, the Superman, Superman project. project. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the Superman project, this idea that the superheroes were created by the government. Great idea. Right. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Don't do anything it, with it. it. It felt kind of weird and out of place at times in the story. Yeah. Like, and it felt just like a forced way of hearkening back to uh, this idea of government intervention that more did a bit more smoothly mm-hmm. in Watchmen. I feel it, it felt a bit overt for me, but as a principle, it felt like a really interesting idea. Yeah. And just all of these things that could have been handled slightly better. There was the, like the delays for Doomsday Clock and the 2010s um, DC comics is such a fascinating kind of era um we're we're looking at like how much behind the scenes turmoil it had jeff johns was the chief creative officer and really name only because he was off doing everything else for dc he was the president of dc entertainment uh things like that dan didio hated legacy characters and constantly tried to beat them out of their books and Mm -hmm. things like that like it, it is there is no good person running dc there was no person who needed to run DC at that point. Uh, I don't think Jim Lee is the person to do it now, but I'm kind of hoping I'm a little more hopeful with future state uh, right, right now. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating era uh, to, to look at. The Doomsday Clock is just kind of the, the Doomsday Clock is the poster child of that era of like a lot of really interesting ideas, a lot of people fighting each other behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, and it, it's kind of like a thinly veiled crisis and I'm so I'm death metal. Yes, exactly. I'm just over that. Yeah. Like that, that whole idea. I don't, I, I, I get you're trying to find the perfect formula for your DC universe or whatever. Mm-hmm. Find a new way to do it because it's getting tedious. <laughs> like, I'm, just... I'm hoping, uh, I'm hopeful for the future, but what, is, what, what are you reading that you're enjoying? Okay. The... So uh, like I said, immortal Hulk was really cool yeah um uh i'll sing the praises for that one all the time yeah me too um one that i just finished reading that's an uh, it's a bit of an older book also like it came out a couple of years ago was the private eye by okay. brian k vaughn yeah yeah i've heard of it great i i, I bought a lot of my comics i'm reading digitally now mm-hmm. that is uh that is another one it's an independent book but i'm really enjoying that one uh, or I really enjoyed it. It's finished. It was just like a single release. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like the he plays with the form a bit. It's a bit more of a longer book, right? It's not like a typical trade paperback. It's like basically if you flipped it on its side. Oh yeah. Um, but it, it's the the art is gorgeous. Um, what's his name? Paulo Rivera. Is that possible? Um, he drew Spider Man for a bit. Oh, I know. Um, I think I know who you're talking about. I don't know. I don't know the name. I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Yeah. Great stuff. And super topical for our day and age, I find, yeah. because it's all about a world in which people decide to wear masks in order to not be recognized by CCT, uh, CTVs everywhere, right? Right. In the, in the world, yeah. So now now you've 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 evolved your opinions your opinions keep evolving um on on fandom and pop culture and things like that through your podcast through uh things like that um you are we are part of the we are part of a group together um which is a spinoff of a of a of another group do you find that now you are looking for more kind of 
one of the things that are that the groups that we're in, we try to foster a more positive take. Do you find that's something that you're just more eager to look for and more eager to be in a more positive take in fandom and pop culture and things like that? Absolutely. Um, Right. Uh, I look back on my time as a dick, as 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 we put it a few times, right? And I'm like, this is the kind of person I hate. And I became that person, right? I was that dude. Um, And I'd much rather either if I don't like something, I'm either just not going to, or I'm either just not going to talk about it, not engage in it, Mm -hmm. or I'll try to understand a person's opinion as to why they may like it, right? Try to foster exactly as I say, this positive conversation, because it gets so depressing and tedious to just constantly be saying, oh, this sucks. Oh, this is not good. Oh, it was better in the eighties or whatever. I don't care anymore. (laughs) Yeah. It, it, like move move past it just go, go go on to something else if you don't like it it's fine like mm-hmm. there's plenty of star wars out there there's plenty of comics that you can enjoy that are great find something that makes you happy right right <laughs> um as an extension of that i try to find something that can foster a certain conversation right i try to read things that uh, kind of an extension of what we were just talking about before is I try to find things that will actually generate conversation, not just right. something that's going to be like, all right, that, that, that was cool. That happened. Mm-hmm. Moving on. I, I want to talk about these things. I want to actively think about them. Right. Right. Um, okay. I think that's pretty much everything that I, that I, that I this was a great conversation. Thank you so much. Uh, learned a lot. Thank you. Um, yeah. I love, I love diving into, um, I probably talked about this in my first in my first episode or future me will when he records the intros. <laughs> but um, I was very interested in this in in this uh, podcast series because they because um, I my own opinions changed throughout um, the entire history of my podcast. I've been doing my podcast for four plus years now. Okay, wait, four plus. Maybe this is the fourth year. I have no idea. Long time. Um, <laughs> time is irrelevant anymore. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and 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 in the beginning, I was very excited about pop culture and very interested in pop culture, and that's why I wanted to start a podcast because I wanted to talk about pop culture. I wanted to have that that uh, comic book experience, the comic book shop experience, to just gab with your with your friends and 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 talk about things. But totally. because of the podcasting nature you have to engage in social media to market and that then engages with other podcasters other people people with different opinions than you uh and you start to learn that maybe your opinion is not the most mainstream opinion uh right and that really kind of like hurts when you're like hey i really like let's we talk about doomsday clock uh, mm-hmm. this is not the case but as an example i really like doomsday clock then the whole internet comes down on you and says you're an idiot for liking doomsday clock doomsday clock's the worst thing that's soul crushing isn't it <laughs> we reject you out of hand <laughs> yeah it's no. just like there's no like conversation there and so like that that moved me to be like well i i pop culture and fandom is the worst and it's, it's, it's nothing but toxic and things like that and then like my my and that's when i wrote down that moment is when i wrote down the idea for the show that was, oh, okay that was two years ago and my opinion shifted again so the show changed to be i want to see what people's i don't want to see how people's opinions have changed for the negative i want to see how they've changed in general okay um, oh, that's so, fascinating okay cool 
Yeah. So like, so I was very excited to finally start this, but uh, like I said, you're my second interview. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it's it. It's my pleasure. Um, I'll give you one more time to plug your stuff uh, real quickly. Yep. Sure. You can find my podcast pretty much everywhere. I think I'm not very good at this stuff. Um, <laughs> it's called Historia Canadiana. If you find that word too complicated to spell out because it's not a regular word. (laughs) Just type in a cultural history of Canada and you'll find it. It's about literature and history in Canada and how they inform one another. Uh, I'll have links in the description for your show. Cool. Uh, I'll send that to you. But um, yeah, it's a bit more of a laid back version of history where we basically talk through subjects instead of analyzing them through very factual uh, behaviors. Now, that show isn't necessarily a fandom podcast. No. Uh, So if you want to find Pop Canada, uh, we have a few free episodes that we put up on our feed, but it's uh, the members exclusive uh, show that's driven by Mackenzie is uh, on Patreon. Yeah. Okay. That will also be in the link below. Okay. Uh, Thank you again, Pat. This was great. Man, thank you for having me. This was very awesome. (laughs) Glad you liked it. Okay, thank you again to Pat Ora for doing this interview. Um, like I said in the interview, he was meant to be my second one, um, but I decided to make him the third one just to kind of give you guys more variety of what we're, lo- what we're looking at. Um, next week, we're going to have Hardly Heroes podcast on. Yeah, that was a fun conversation. Can't wait for you guys to hear that one. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this one um, as much as I did. He's a great guy. Check out his podcast. Check out uh, where you can find him. All the links below, of course. Um, that one, that podcast, once again, was Historia Canadiana. And you can find me everywhere where the Fakner Podcast is. Fakenerpodcast.com for all the links um, where you can find every show that we're doing, such as the Fakner, po- Fakner Podcast main show, the Fakner Book Club, uh, Basement Arcade, Basement Arcade Pause Menu, Fakner's Watch, where we're currently going through Falcon Winter Soldier. And, of course, if you want to be a part of this, you can email me at fakenerdguys at gmail.com. Um, or drop me a line, tell me how you're thinking, how you're liking the show. Uh, of course, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter, and I'm also workshopping a new outro for this show. So until I can figure what the, out what that's gonna be, um, and my friend Sparks is working on that with me, uh, I will just sign off the same way I do on the Fake Nerd podcast, which is stay fake nerds.